1: Welcome back quick brains and your question for today is we're going to talk about how to get better dealing and coping with stress. We've had so many conversations about the the harmful effects of chronic stress and the human brain and we're going to talk about strategies on how to mitigate that. And this is gonna be a fun conversation because back with me, we have a very popular guest that we've had on the quick brain podcast. It's Dr. Stephanie and she's one of my closest brainy friends. She's host of the Acclaim Better podcast, which I was honored to be one of the first guests on that. And she's author of the brand new book, The Betty Body. And this is a geeky goddess's guide to intuitive eating, balance hormones, and transformative sex. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Stephanie.
2: Oh, Jim, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
1: We're going to talk about this conversation is going to be about... Uh, chronic stress and specifically the, the, the female body. And so the, the stress and a lot of people reporting higher levels of stress because everything that's going on in, in, in the world and also in our own worlds, um, the challenges everywhere from, from our mind and our body when it comes to uh, the effects of brain fog, um, memory challenges yes. uh, for women, it can also be her cycles also as well.
2: Correct. Yes. And that's, that's a very uh, astute observation, because that's exactly what we find. So a woman who's under chronic, low grade stress, so we, we can also, uh, just before I dive into how it can affect our menstrual cycle, we also want to differentiate The stress. There's, you know, there's good stress and there's bad stress, right? So we have eustress or hormesis, hormetic stress, which is things like fasting or exercise, where in the short term they actually cause you know, quite a bit of inflammation, but it's short lived, right? Those are because over the long term, they impart incredible benefits to longevity, and cellular grit and metabolism, etc. It's really the distress that we're talking about here. This is this is the negative stress that you were alluding to when we're talking about the lockdowns and the mental health challenges. And the, you know, for many people, their gyms are closed right now. So they can't even get to the gym to do some of the movement that is very, very good for brain health and for cognition, brain fog and focus. So when we are thinking about this in the context of females, of course, when she's under this chronic distress, this low grade stress and inflammation, now that is going to begin to affect her menstrual cycle. Because as we know, cortisol is going to have deleterious or negative effects on a woman's production of and metabolism of her sex hormones, namely her testosterone, her estrogen, and her progesterone. And of course, as we, you know, as a woman goes through her hormonal ebbs and flows through her month, there's going to be, we require each of those hormones to have different concentrations at different times. And cortisol is just going to you know, sort of steal the show and not allow these sex hormones to do what they're designed to do in order for a woman to have a normal cycle.
1: Mm. There you have a chapter in the book. I remember it said stress spelled backwards is desserts.
2: That's right. Uh,
1: I love love those kind of things.
2: (laughs) Yes, that's my nerdy, that's my attempt at humor um, to sort of, you know, to bring some humor into health because I think, you know, sometimes health can seem, like it needs to be a full-time job, right? You need to have a trainer and you need to have a coach and then you need to, you know, figure out what supplements you're taking and when. And I think for women, you know, we talked about this on the last uh, last time I was on, on the podcast in terms of the differences of serotonin synthesis between men and women. And for women, a lot of times, you know, we can potentially turn to foods that will amp up our serotonin synthesis as a way to self-soothe because we're trying to drive up that we're trying to drive that happiness we're trying to quell some of that stress but if you know we and i would encourage everybody if they want to go back and listen to it to please have a listen to our to our conversation but in it what i talked about was that women uh at a rate of about 52 percent less than men we do not uh, create as much serotonin as our male counterparts do. And serotonin, as I'm sure you've talked about on the podcast a lot is involved in happiness. It is sort of the antidote to depression and it may also, there's a lot of, uh, you know, thinking and theory around the reason why women may suffer from depression at rates, you know, orders of magnitude larger than the male population is because of this decrease in serotonin synthesis. And so females will also tend to turn to carbohydrates, uh, because we have a lot of in the gut, there's a lot of um, there's a big capacity to produce serotonin in the gut. So when we have carbohydrates, what we're doing is we're sort of getting that quick hit of serotonin. It's a way for us to self soothe. So for women, um, absolutely, we want to be mindful of a that we have a different stress response than men and that you're there's nothing wrong with you, uh, that it can absolutely affect your menstrual cycle, and that there can be behaviors, even though they may seem good in the short term, like having, you know, the piece of cake or the cookies or the chips or the crackers or what have you, even though you may get a hit of serotonin from that in the interim, Over the long term, that is going to, you know, affect your insulin levels, your glucose tolerance levels, your, you know, potentially your metabolism and your body composition as well. So the book was really written in a way to sort of peel back some of the common behaviors that we see and explain them in a way, well, you know, maybe you're seeing this type of behavior in yourself, you're seeing this tendon befriend behavior. And here are some things that you can do to help you feel good in your body to help you feel attuned with and strong in your own skin.
1: Hmm. So what would some of maybe three of those things be for someone who's listening, female or or, or male, uh, that they could do to, to mitigate the 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 negative effects of of the stress.
2: I love this. This is a good question. So, um there are so many little things oh, that I, we <laughs> like is. oh we can go nerdy now. So, there's so many really uh great things that we could do that are very simple, free and available to most people. And of course, you can go much more technical, much more complex, but I am really of the opinion that as you are trying wherever you are in your journey, in your health, we want to really master the foundational basics before we start getting more complex. And I have, you know, one-on-one, like I I have a few one-on-one clients that I see and often they're like, okay, give it all to me, coach, like give it, you know, give me all the things. And really it's in the small measured activities that we do all the time that over the course of time, over the delta t, this is when we can really create this huge momentum and huge results that really last a lifetime. So, a couple of couple of my favorites, uh, something that I call or not I call, people call uh, non exercise activity thermogenesis, or NEAT for short. This is low level activity. So this is walking. This is doing some gardening. This is, you know, anything that is not, it's more generalized movement. In the book, I talk about it as like cleaning like your mother-in-law is coming over. Because I know whenever my mother-in-law comes over, I clean just a little extra harder. I want like a little everything to be a little bit shinier. For her. So this is really lovely because in a world where we have really gone to very specialized movements. And, you know, I love to resistance train. You know, we see the Peloton workouts, we see the CrossFits, we see all this very specialized movements. What I think has also been lost is low grade activity walking is honestly one of the best things that you can do for your brain. You're upright, your arms and legs are swinging at like your opposite arm and opposite legs are swinging. This is great for your corpus callosum and some of the, and some of the neural networks that cross across the left and right hemispheres. Um, so I would, I like to think of this as movement snacks so i borrowed this term from ben greenfield who i will quote as as coming up with this term and i love it so instead of going for you know every hour or two hours to go into the fridge for a snack Maybe instead you can go for a five or 10 minute movement snack, and that can be out around the block. If you're at home, it can be, if you're in an office environment, you can go up and down the stairwells, or maybe walk around the neighborhood for five or 10 minutes. And just those little movement snacks, what you're going to be doing from a neurological perspective, of course, is you're going to be, you're going to be increasing the blood flow to your motor cortex, which is the area in the brain that's involved in movement, And that area is in the frontal lobe. So as you very well know, this jim I mean, I'm like, you know, preaching to the choir here, but you know, the frontal lobe is our, you know, it helps plan for the future. It's executive decision-making, it's focus. And one of the really important things that the frontal lobe does is it inhibits lower brain centers. So when we think about emotional regulation the frontal lobe when it's strong and we do we get it strong by taking lots of movement snacks it will inhibit lower brain centers like the amygdala and the limbic system where we can really go into quite survival like snap judgments so that's like one of my favorite things everybody can walk all you need is a pair of shoes and you can do it anywhere if you're in a cold environment like I am, I'm in Toronto on the East Coast, so we get all four seasons. And I, every single morning, I will go outside. Uh, I w- I wear a tank top, so right now it's quite cold here uh, at the time of this recording. It's in the winter time, and uh, I get my. I start. I I'm, I'm shivering. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, that's also a really you know, if you're someone who lives where there's four seasons. That's also a really wonderful way for you to, again, start to increase your energy and to start bringing down that stress response. Because when you go into the cold, now you are, this is a you stress. it's like a, a, a good stress. So you're stressing the system to actually create more cells, to create more mitochondria, which are our little, you know, they're often called like the battery packs, like the little, ba- you know, the little uh, cells that create energy. But of course, we know now that mitochondria do way more than that. They are signaling, they tell our bodies, like they communicate with all the other mitochondria in the cell in, in the body. And they tell the rest of the body when it is when we are safe, and when we are not safe. And just to bring this back specifically to women, when we think about mitochondrial concentration, where we have the most mitochondria as women is in our ovaries. So we have about 100,000 mitochondria per cell in the ovary. And if I give you a comparison, if we were to talk about your liver, a hepatocyte has about 2000, your heart, a myocyte has about 5000, your brain like 15,000 mitochondria. Your ovaries have a hundred thousand mitochondria. So they are constantly sensing the environment, constantly looking to make sure that you are safe. So movement snacks, cold therapy. And one of the things that I absolutely love, I talk about this in the book is breath work. So nasal breathing, keeping your mouth closed and breathing in. I, I, um, you, one of our mutual friends, Emily Fletcher, uh, she talks about this two X breath where she's in, you inhale for two, and then you exhale for twice as much as that. So if it's an inhale for two, you exhale for four, you inhale for three, you exhale for six, and that's going to stimulate your vagus nerve, which is you know, the sort of wandering nerve, it's this really awesome nerve that comes off the brainstem and it sort of wanders through the body and talks to all of your organs. So when you're able to activate your vagus nerve through nostril breathing, um, you can really bring yourself away from that sympathetic stress response and into more of What we often call like rest and digest and play and stay, right? So, this is where reproductive function, immune function, digestive function is ameliorated. And I think for many men and women, we are often so much stuck in our sympathetics, this go, 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 you know, survival type of uh, neurology that we over time, we almost forget, right? We start to get this dominance in that sympathetic realm where we now can no longer push the brake. We can no longer activate our uh, parasympathetic. So those would be like three of my favorites. I mean, there's many others in the book that we can go into, but like anybody can do those. Anybody can breathe. Anybody can walk. You know, and anybody can go out and find cold. And if you don't live like I do in uh, in Toronto or New York or what have you, you can just make your shower cold, right? You can make the last couple of seconds of your shower and just turn off the heat and just imagine that you're jumping in the lake. Uh, you know, first first leg jump of summer.
1: I love that. We encourage our, our listeners to take brain breaks, you know, every half an hour or an hour. Those are wonderful things people would do. Movement snacks, be able to take time to breathe and, and really kind of elongate that exhale and yeah. that rest and, and digest. Hold. I'm a big fan. I think hold can really be our teacher. Dr. Stephanie, thank you so much for being back on our show. How do I know people are going to want to get this book? Where do you recommend they go? To find out more?
2: Well, there's two places you can go to any online. So if you go to amazon.com, you can just look up the Betty body and that will come up for you. You can also go to my website, BettyBodyBook.com. That's It's fun to say four times fast. BettyBodyBook.com, <laughs> uh, And then you'll have all the information uh, there based on, you know, if you're not listening in the United States, if you're listening abroad, where you can find it there.
1: In my book. I love that. And also I'd recommend everybody um, in our show notes, we'll put links uh, to both those sites, to uh, your social media, to our previous conversations we've had on the show, which I highly recommend. And to all our listeners, I challenge everybody to take a screenshot of this episode and tag Dr. Stephanie, tag myself. You know, when you share something, I feel like you learned it better. They call it the explanation effect. Mm. And what if you shared one thing that you're gonna do to better cope and deal with stress. And you share that with your fan, family, your friends, your, your followers, your fans, and then um, we get to be able to move that forward. So tag us both, and I'll, I'll repost as I always do, some of my favorites, so I want you to get to see it. And uh, Dr. Stephanie, thanks again.
2: Thank you so much, it's always it's always time well invested when I get to spend time with you, Jim.
1: Want to double your brain speed and memory power?